0: Well, when I told you guys on the last podcast that things had not hit rock bottom, that it was probably going to get worse, I didn't expect it to get this bad that quickly immediately afterwards against the Toronto Raptors, but it did. And we'll talk about how bad is it really right now for the Pistons in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review. And whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, that's another great way to support the podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash NBA and use code all on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Ladies and gentlemen, we've reached a new rock bottom. And I'm not going to say this is the lowest it can get. I'm not going to say that. Because there is a sick, small percentage of me that think it might get worse. And, you know, you might be asking me, Ku, what could be worse than a 12-game losing streak? And then now you might also be asking, Ku, it's not 12 games, it's 11 games. No, it's 12. They play the Nuggets tomorrow. It's, it's 12. It, it, it's a 12-game losing streak. No need to wait. None of us need a way. It's a 12-game losing streak. I'm almost tempted to just go ahead and call it a 13-game losing streak, too, because they play the Pacers in Indiana on Friday. So I'm tempted to go all the way and just call it, you know, 13-game losing streak And their next winnable game that maybe they can pull off is Monday the 27th against the Wizards. I'm, I'm very tempted to just go ahead and call it 13 games, but it's a 12-game losing streak. Cool. How can it get much worse than this? The Pistons found themselves down by 40. 40. To the Toronto Raptors, how much could it, how much could it get worse? Well, they could be down fifty tomorrow. With the Nuggets. I mean, <laughs> it's on the table. It's, to the Toronto Raptors, the Pistons found themselves down forty points. The Toronto Raptors were five and seven going into this game. Five and seven. There is no way on living in living hell that you should find yourself down forty points. To the Toronto Raptors. Not the Nuggets, not the Celtics, the Suns with everyone healthy, not the Milwaukee Bucks. The Toronto Raptors were up by forty on the Detroit Pistons. Forty points. I wish I almost wish it was fifty. Because the worse it would have gotten, the more we get closer to some kind of change. And trust me, later on, we'll be talking about some change that needs to happen. Something is going—I'm telling you guys right now, something needs to happen, and I'm going to be absolutely shocked if nothing happens over the next month and a half. I'd be utterly shocked if nothing happens. Yes, the Pistons were without Killian Hayes, Jalen Duran, Boyan Bogdanovich, um, um, Alec bur or not Alec Burst—Monte Morris— Isaiah livers. I do not care. Injuries happen. You got to deal with it. Are the Pistons dealing with the worst, a worse, a pretty bad injury bug? Sure. Sure. Sure they are. It, it, that is no excuse to lose by 40 or, or to be finding yourself down 40. No way. I don't care who's hurt. Did, did last year's team ever find themselves down 40? I can't remember. I can't remember. But now the Pistons are on a 12-game losing streak. I saw today that this is the Pistons' fourth losing streak in the last four years. The previous 60 years, they had seven. They have more than half what they've done in the last 60 years in four years. Four years. And this year was supposed to be the year, if, if nothing else, I didn't expect this team to be very good this year. I didn't. I didn't expect them to be very good. Some fans, a lot of fans, I should say, that I interacted with, thought this was going to be a really good year for the Pistons. But screw what the fans were saying. At the very least, at the very least, Troy Weaver told everybody that the goal for this team was to be competitive. That was the most risky you could get this, this team to get on expectations. Because you're not going to get anything else when it comes to expectations. But the most you could have got from expectations when you asked about it was be competitive. Now, you tell me what the hell is competitive about being down 40 to the Toronto Raptors, a 5-7 and seven Toronto Raptors team. Nothing. There ain't a damn thing competitive about that. There's not one thing competitive. And if you want to be honest, the last few games, I ain't seen no competition out there. I ain't seen no competition. The Cavs game was by eight points. That wasn't really an eight-point game. That really was like a 20-point game that was shortened up at the end. The Bulls game was a blowout. The the 76ers dominated them in the second half. The Hawks were in firm control for the majority of their game. I I, I ain't seeing competitiveness. I damn sure didn't see it tonight. The only starter... The only starter for the Detroit Pistons tonight against the Toronto Raptors in double digits was Cade Cunningham, and we'll talk about him later. God, please save him. Like I said last podcast, pray for the success for this team. Hey, pray for Cade Cunningham. He's the only one in double figures in this game. He had to take 17 shots. The next leading shot taker in the starting lineup, Kevin Knox, who wasn't on the team 10 days ago was out the NBA 10 days ago. Now, don't get me wrong, Knox was playing all right the last three games, but point still stands. The dude wasn't in the NBA 10 days ago, and now he's starting for you at the four because he's the only guy above 6'7", six, 6'6", six, six, that you can theoretically say can shoot and provide some type of spacing. So he's starting for you, and he, sec, the dude who was out the NBA 10 days ago was the second leading shot taker in your on your team. In the starting lineup. Actually, no, not in the starting lineup. Just overall, second most line, second most shots across the team. Second most shots. That's that's who's out there. And this is no disrespect to Kevin Knox, he, who he, who had been playing fine over the last few games. It's a simple fact that the Pistons find themselves relying on a guy who was out the league 10 days ago to play 27 minutes and, and come in second in shots taken. It, this is this is a new level of embarrassment. You want to know how this has reached new levels of embarrassment? When the Pistons would get destroyed, when the Pistons would lose, when the Pistons would go on long losing streaks, only us in Detroit would care. Only us in Detroit, only us who were who, you know, from the area, only us would talk about it. Only us would care. You want to know why it's so embarrassing? I see everyone talking about it now. It's not just Pistons fans, it's not just those in Detroit. Everyone's laughing at Detroit. Everyone I saw ESPN tweet about it. I saw multiple NBA accounts tweet about it. I saw multiple NBA Instagram accounts. ESPN tweet about it. NBA, uh, NBA uh, IG, I believe, uh, talked about it. I'm seeing national writers write about it. I'm seeing national podcasters talk about it. I saw so many people outside of Detroit Talking about how bad this is. So that's how you know it's really bad. Most of the time, no one cares about Detroit. Most of the time, no one cares about the Pistons. But they care enough now because of how embarrassing it is. That's not just us talking about it. It's everyone. Everyone's talking about how pitiful, pathetic this is. Absolutely pathetic. K. Cunningham said after the game that we're a young team. And there. if there's one thing that you can never question, you should never have to question about this team, is your comp, your compete level and basically you're give a damn level. They found themselves questioning that tonight. Cade was very very revealing, I think after the game. He had a lot to say. He had a lot to say. And I thank God. Thank God Cade said this. I you know what? I, I if there was one thing that made me happy tonight, was that Cade seems to be the only one with the self-awareness to say this. Last podcast, I said, if I have to hear one more person say, we're this close, I know we're this close, we can do this, we can do that, we're, you know, we lost by 25 points, but we are this close, I can just feel it. Kate said, screw that. Kate said, we're not close, we're bad. You need to be, you need to face reality. That's literally what he said. You've got to accept reality, we're bad. His quote was, we got to be realistic about the situation. It's hard to be like, we're good, we're good, you know what I'm saying? Because we're not, we're bad. We have to address that. We have to address what we're not good at. So thank you, Cade, for being the only one who isn't going to come out here and feed everybody. Oh, we're so close! I know we just were we were we were down by forty points just now, but trust me, we're this close. No, you're not. You're not close. The team's not close. The roster's not close. Nothing's close. Nothing's close at all. You're bad. The team's bad. They've been bad all season. They're now at a at, at such a low point that Cade is coming out after the game. I, I, oh my God. It's rough. It's rough. And I don't care. I do not care about the injuries right now. The injuries are not an excuse. They are not an excuse to lose by be down by 40 points in an NBA game. The injuries are not an excuse for this roster to not have uh, let me let me let me call hold on. Let me let me relax. Let me relax. Let me I got, let me watch what I say. Let me just, let me relax. I'll just leave it at this. Okay. I don't want to say nothing too crazy. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to say nothing that I'll regret. So let me just say this. I'm looking in the camera saying this. The injuries are not an excuse for this. If you try and make injuries an excuse for this, you're lame and you're a loser. That's what losers do, they make excuses. Injuries can be a reason for why you're not your best. Injuries are not a reason for you to be down by 40 points in an NBA game. Injuries are not an excuse for you to be now on a 12-game losing streak, about to be 13-game losing streak when Tuesday arrives. That's not an excuse for that. Other teams deal with injuries. Other teams deal with injuries. You know what other teams also do? They're prepared for injuries. They're prepared for injuries. They have third backup bigs that they can trust to play minutes to where they don't have to move their power forward that they're trying to convert back to center. They, they they are ready for injuries for the wing position and have guys on the roster that can shoot the basketball to where they don't have to start a guy who was ten days ago out the NBA because he's the only guy in your roster who has the theoretical idea of being able to shoot the basketball. It's rock bottom. It's rock bottom. And I I absolutely hate to say it, it might get worse. It might just get worse. When we come back, a move has to happen. Something has to happen. I have converted. I was not on the side, but I've seen enough. I have converted my stance, and I have now joined the stance of there needs to be something that happens soon for the Detroit Pistons. We'll talk about what I mean when we come back. But first, let me tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Prize Picks. So, Prize Picks is my favorite. Daily fantasy option out there. Yes, talking about prize picks gets me just a little bit more happier than talking about the Detroit Pistons right now. Favorite favorite daily fantasy option, you simply go out there, you pick two to six players to see if they go more or less than their prize picks projection, and you can win up to five times your money on any single entry. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. And for example... You can do LeBron James and Travis Kelsey to go at 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Price because it even offers a reboot policy so that your entries can stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. And trust me, if you guys out there who are also involved in daily fantasy, you guys know that those kind of situations, a dude goes down early in the game, your whole slip, your whole entry is completely destroyed at that point. Not with Price Picks. another reason why I absolutely love them. They have deals on Taco Tuesday special deals. I love that when they do it. I take advantage of all of them. I love Prize Picks; it's the best daily fantasy option out there. So go to prizepicks.com slash slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA, and you'll get a first deposit match up to hundred dollars. Again, it's a first deposit match up to hundred dollars when you use code LockedOnNBA with the best daily fantasy sports option out there, price Picks. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already. Head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That's another great way to support the podcast. <sighs> I just had somebody, one of you guys tweeted me and said, the Canadian broadcast used audio from the podcast to talk about the Pistons today. If any of you guys know that or know what's being talked about with that, Send me a clip of that. I, I have not seen that. I didn't know that. So someone send me a clip. I want to see it. If you guys know um, what this what this being talked about, I just now saw this. I'm kind of interested now. Kind of caught me by surprise. Um, a move needs to be made. A move needs to be made. And if I if I remember correctly, if, if I if I may be a few days off with this, but I believe December fifteenth is the first day that NBA players who signed contracts this past offseason can be traded. I believe December 15th is. December 16th, there should be a Detroit Pistons trade. December 16th. December 16th, there should be a trade involving the Detroit Pistons immediately. Heck, maybe even before that. I have now converted. Sorry, everybody. I'm sorry, everyone that was on the let's be patient side. I'm sorry, everybody, who, you know, I had been leading, leading into battle the last few years. To just be patient and just let things roll. I'm off that bandwagon. I don't believe that's the case. I think I might have been wrong. It's time to go in a different direction. And here's why. The Pistons are going to ruin Cade Cunningham if they don't do something. And whether people want to believe this or not, whether people can understand this or not, No matter who your favorite player is on this team, whether it's Jalen Duran, whether it's Asar Thompson, or if your favorite player is Jaden Ivey, I do not care. This team, this team's future, is only going as far as Cade Cunningham can take them. If Cade Cunningham is not great, this team will not be great. If if Cade Cunningham is great, you're only going to go as far as your best player can take you. And Cade Cunningham, the first overall pick, he is your franchise player. He is the Detroit Pistons franchise player. He is the most important player on this team. I don't care who your favorite player is. I don't care how attached Pistons fans have made, have gotten to other players on this team. It has not changed since 2021 in June, June of 2021, when the Pistons drafted Kay Cunningham. He is the most important player on this team. Elevating him, optimizing him and developing him is still the number one thing this Detroit Pistons team should be doing. It should be number one on the priority list. Number one. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't value other players. Doesn't mean you shouldn't try to develop other players. But Cade is number one because he is your franchise player and the farthest you're going to go is as far as he's going to develop. And the Pistons are going to ruin him if they don't do something different here. Cade is not happy. You can clearly see, heck, who would be happy with the losing streak? But look at his his emotions on the bench. Look at his body language. He is not happy. I can promise you guys that his camp probably isn't happy. Who would be happy right now? There is nobody. I, I promise you that Cade is not happy. I don't think that's a stretch to say. I don't think that's some crazy thing to take a guess on. Just watch the game. Watch his body language. He's not happy. Look at how he was acting on the bench. He's not happy. And he shouldn't be happy. And I'm not sitting on here saying that Cade's perfect. Let me get this out the way because I know this is what's going to be said. Cade's not perfect. Cade still needs to get better. He has to get better. He's not good enough yet. It's true. He has to get better. That's the whole point. That is the whole point. That's what, that's all that matters. That's exactly what I'm saying. He's not good enough yet to carry everyone else on the team. He is not good enough yet to where you can just throw out whoever on the floor with him and expect him to elevate the team while also getting better himself. He's not good enough yet. And that's okay. He's in his second year. He's not supposed to be good enough. You know what's supposed to be happening in the second year? What's supposed to be happening in the second year of his career is the Pistons continuing to develop him. Continuing to figure out what works around him. Continuing to put what works around him to help him play better. So when he's at age 25, so when he's at age 24, 25, 26, when he is at his best, he was developed correctly and he's ready to do what you need him to do. Because right now he's not ready and right now you're not doing what's best for him. You're not helping him. The Pistons are playing players on the floor that do not fit K Cunningham. I've said this for two off seasons now. Isaiah Stewart... Shooting a good percentage from three is helping Isaiah Stewart. It's not helping Cade. Because Stu hitting high percentage of threes or a good percentage of threes is not changing how the defense wants to guard Cade. Same thing with Killian Hayes. All these these type of players, the defense is going to live with them shooting 38, 39% from three if it happens to happen on the off chance one night, because they know it's not gonna happen consistently, and you're not gonna shoot enough of those threes if you're those players to make them pay for doubling Cade and not opening up driving lanes for them. This is what needs to happen. A move, the pistons need to make a trade. They need to make a trade to go get someone really good. Really good. And if you have to give up cast base, which you're going to have to do long term, so be it. If you have to give up your assets, some of your assets, give up a young player, so be it. You have to. You absolutely Cade needs somebody else in the building that's really freaking good. Not just a veteran who's good on offense, but not good defensively. Not just a veteran who's good on defense and bad offensively. Not a veteran that would be a role player on other teams. Cade needs someone who is really good to join him in this building, to make life easier, to show him how to play, to help him develop, and make things easier for him offensively. He has to have that. He has to have that. Oh, and if you guys are asking, oh, I only wish there were so many other examples of something like that happening. Why would you want the Pistons to do something so unordinary? Except it's not unordinary. Almost every team does this. No other team keeps 17 Thousand young players around their franchise player and just keeps it trucking. They eventually consolidate some of those assets, consolidate some of the some of the craft space to go get players around their franchise player that can help them take the next step. OKC CP3 with SGA helped them take the next step. The Kings traded Tyrese Halliburton for Debot Demonis Sabonis, who everyone was furious about at the time. And what happened the next year? Fox has a career year. He's now looked at as a franchise player. He's looked at as an all-NBA type of player. They have the best season they've had in 20 years because they went and got a player they thought fit with Fox and they were right and gave up a really good young player in Tyrese who's going to be great. But he didn't fit with Fox. They went out and got a guy they thought would elevate their franchise player and it did. And now the Kings are enjoying the best basketball they've seen in 25 years. The Phoenix Suns, CP3 with Booker again. The Atlanta Hawks went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Trey had a career year. He looked like the franchise player because they went out, cast in their pieces, got good players around him, and he had the best year of his career. The Hawks went to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's something the Pistons haven't had in 17 years. So, and yes, the Hawks haven't went back since, since then. But damn it, the Pistons haven't won a playoff game in 17 years. And Cade is not going to get better if he continues to be around this. They need to put somebody around Cade. They need to go get somebody. I don't know who it is. I don't know who it is. I don't know who's available on the market. I'm not going to say names. I'm not going to say anything. But I know that Troy Weaver, he needs to be aggressive in this trade market. He needs to go trade for somebody really good. And whether it means giving up assets, whether it means committing cap space to him, whether it means giving up a young player, if, that young, if this, this player you're going to go get, if this player you end up getting is helping Cade enough offensively to help him take the next step, it will be worth it. Because in three years from now, if Cade takes this next step and this guy helps him develop, when Cade's 25, you'll be ready to go do whatever you have to do at that point. And Cade will be good enough to handle it. But right now, he's not good enough. He's not getting better because of the pieces around him. And the pieces are going to go nowhere if that continues to happen. So go make a move. Go get a guy that can help Cade. And I don't care if it ju- if it changes the win-loss record by just five or six wins this year. I don't care if they finish 13th. They've already dug themselves a hole. Whatever trade they end up making at that point isn't going to change anything. But at least we'll see Cade look better. At least this team will look better. At least we'll see Cade developing and not developing bad habits and being ruined. It has to happen. It has to happen. I've, I've jumped off the bandwagon of being patient. The being patient's going to ruin Cade, and Cade. I like Durin, I love Duran. I love Asar. Ivy's a great prospect, but Cade is what's going to make this whole thing go. And if he's not developing, and if he's not taking that next step because of the pieces around him, if that's what's going to continue to happen, you better go change the pieces around him. You better get something to help him develop, or everything's off. The, everything's screwed. Everything's done for. If that doesn't happen. Yes, I'm. 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 I'm feeling a type of way today. I, forty points. They were down forty to the Toronto Raptors. A five and seven Toronto Raptors team, not Toronto a few years ago, but Kawhi five and seven. Is Troy Weaver on the hot seat? We'll talk about that when we come back. I know you guys have been waiting for this topic. But first, I've got to tell you guys about FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Score early this NFL season and during the NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Talked about this all the time before the season started. FanDuel had the Lions as favorites to win the division and as favorites to win 10 plus games. They are now two games away from winning 10 games with only 10 games played. And they are running away with the division. Looks like FanDuel is right on that. One. I want to hope you guys capitalize on that one before the season. That's the kind of thing you can do over at FanDuel. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on off the NFL season and get started with the NBA season. That's what FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first list of every single day. Free and available on our podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review. on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, that's another great way to support the podcast. Let me make this just clear real quick about the last segment. When you make one of those moves, there is a risk to it, 100%. There is a risk that you make the wrong move and now you've screwed yourself. But that's what you get paid the big bucks for, to make the right trade. If they make the wrong one, yeah, it could be—it could go wrong. If they make the right one, you'll see what happened with all these other young players I just named. You'll see Kate take the next step. You'll see that player help the Pistons be better than they have the last six years. And eventually, when at has prime, you can make another move. You can make more moves. Because the Pistons are a lot more flexible right now for the long term than people give them credit for. None of their guys on long-term contracts. Even if they were to trade for a guy who's on a heavy contract, by the time Kate's 25, that dude's probably off the contract, off the books by then, and you're fine. So I honestly don't see, there's not much risk to doing this unless you completely just mess it up. Which again, that's why you're getting paid the big bucks. Which leads us to this. Troy Weaver, is he on the hot seat? I think he's on the hot seat. Do I think the Pistons should fire him? No. I don't think they should be trying to fire him right now. I wouldn't fire him midseason. I don't think that even if things were to go completely even more south than they could, I don't think you can fire a GM midseason unless like some scandalous stuff, like unless some really off the wall stuff were to happen. Then yeah, obviously you would fire him. But basketball wise, no, I don't think I, I'm I'm not in the in the camp of firing a GM midseason. After the season, you can have that talk. But I do think his seat is getting hot now. The thing is. This is, this is something I said, if you guys have followed me since my Piston Power days, shout out that, since my Detroit Bad Boys days, you know, going all the way back to, I believe, 2019. If you guys have followed me since then, when the Pistons fired Stan Van Gundy, I was not a fan of it because you had just let Stan Van Gundy make the trade for Blake Griffin, and too much later you fired him. So you didn't even let him see through his move. If you're going to let him make the move, let him see through it and see what he does. I'm in the same boat with this. Troy Weaver has made his bed right here. The Pistons have multiple expiring contracts, multiple vet expiring contracts that can actually play for contenders that contenders will want or other teams may want because they can actually play. So expiring contracts, expiring veteran contracts, they have young assets that they can use in trades and they have a boatload of cap space available for the future. So they should be in a position where they are capable of making a move in season. They are in a position to make a move mid-season. Now I know their pick is tied up a little bit long term. If I read this correctly a few days ago, they can technically trade their pick that's old to New York if they put like some crazy protections on the back end since the, the front end is old to the Knicks or I think it's the opposite like the back end is owned to the Knicks and they can trade the front end of it uh protected of it to another team, or even down the line after it conveys to a second-round pick. They can trade back-to-back first-round picks, I believe, but that's a real long time down the line. I could be off with that, but that's why I read a few days ago where I'm going to reach out to the salary cap person and, and someone who really understands the CBA um, and see how exactly that works tomorrow. Um, so I'll definitely update you guys with that. But either way, despite even without that, the Pistons ha- are capable of making a move if they want to, if it, if it presents itself. Something, they need to do something. Weaver, I want to see him see this through. He's, this this 12-game losing streak, and again, yes, it's 12 games because they play Denver tomorrow. This 12-game losing streak, Weaver created this mess. He created this mess. I'll give him a chance to see his way out of it. If he see, I'll give him a chance to get out of this. And I know the worry out there is, well, what well, if he makes a life-saving or a career or a job-saving move, that blows up in his face. Like, I, I, what? what's What? What else is there to do? What else is there to do? do nothing, and let the season go this way and continue to break Cade all year. Like, what? What else is there to do? What else is there? You have to take a risk at some point. The Pistons need to take a risk, and I thought that was going to be next year. I thought it was going to be next offseason. But now that I see that, that okay, you may like. You're not developing Cade like by doing this, doing this route, going the Patreon route, just letting things happen, is hurting Kade. You gotta do something. Gotta do something. Just I don't know what it's going to be, but I'll tell you this much: I'll tell you this much. Once the Pistons leave Tuesday with a 13 game losing streak, and the Pistons are then sitting at what two and 14. When the Pistons are sitting at 2-14 on a 13-game losing streak, there's not going to be a single soul. A single soul. And the soul that does say this is crazy. But I don't think there's going to be a single soul after 13 games and being at the bottom of the league through 16 games, again, by a decent margin, is going to say, oh, well, you know the injuries, man. Once everyone gets healthy and everyone comes back, this is a play team. Just wait. Just be patient. Not nah, a damn person's going to want to hear that. Nah, a damn person's going to want to hear that. 13 game losing streak, 40 point. It's unacceptable. Something needs to change. Weaver will get his chance to do so. I think his seat's getting hot. It's getting hot. I don't think he needs to be, you know, a move needs to be made with Weaver. I think he should get it. He gets a chance to try to see his way out of it. He got to the end of this season for things to turn around and for him to make a move that changes something. But I say this before the year, I didn't think his seat could even get close to hot this season because of the contract he was on. Take that back. His seat's warm. His seat's getting warm right now, but I want to give him a chance to get out of it. I think you will see him get aggressive. That's all I've got for you guys today, man. That's all I've got. I'm going to go back to trying to enjoy my night. I suggest you guys do too. Thank you guys for making Locked on Pistons your first listen of every single day. Freedom available on all your podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button to the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Until next time, I'll see you guys later. One of you guys suggested me say, go Locked on Pistons, even when the Pistons play this bad. You're right. Go Locked on Pistons. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Peace out.